message today called Under the Christmas Tree. And we've got a couple of Christmas trees out there at the cafe that we've put up, uh, which is cool. Uh, and I was thinking about Under the Christmas Tree. I was thinking about, you know, uh, even there's a photo of me in our old photo albums when I was about five, which is the age of Zara. She's actually just about 10 or 6. But I remember there was uh, the shot of me and uh, just my eyeballs almost popping out of my head Christmas morning with the expectation. Can everyone say expectation? Expectation. The expectation of what was going to be under the Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, the sense of excitement, the sense of, oh, you know, I can't wait, I can't wait, what I'm going to, you know. And so it's, it's an innocent time for children as well. But we also know that, uh, you know, it's important for us to focus on the real reason for Christmas. And we know that it's the birth of Jesus, our Savior. But I've gone with the theme of under the Christmas tree today because when it comes to thinking about a message like this, I want us to think about the importance of unwrapping that very gift of Jesus, actually unpacking it, unwrapping it. You know, when you think about uh, what's under the Christmas tree, when you actually go down, you can have a look at all these pretty presents and that can be nice, but if you don't actually grab a hold of that gift, and if you don't actually unwrap it, who knows if you can't really enjoy what is inside that, that wrapping. And so it's important for us. Uh, I've just realized that I don't have my glasses with me, and um, we need to continue to pray for my eyesight because it has been deteriorating. Does anyone have glasses here? I know this is a bit crazy to ask for glasses, but I do need glasses. Thank you. They won't work. And they just pretend. No, they won't work. Can you trust me? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Thank you, Sulu. All right, here we go. Oh, they may not work. Oh, no, that's more blurry. Oh, Sulu. <laughs> Sister. Okay. Maybe a little bit. Okay, let me see. Here we go. Thank you, Sister Sarah. Did they sue me, Sarah? Probably not. No photography allowed in the house of God. <laughs> I, I look what? I look great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you. <laughs> I know. I have to, you know, I have to stop forgetting my glasses. I tell you, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a subconscious thing where I'm trying to resist aging. Right? I'm like, I don't need glasses. Amen. Awesome. All right, now I can see my notes. Thank you, Sarah. Let's give Sarah some love. Thank you, Sarah. Woo! Hallelujah. All right. So, uh, really, I want to bring this message today about unwrapping the layers of Christmas, unwrapping the gift. Uh, and we know that, you know, when we go to unwrap the presents under the Christmas tree, we've got to get a hold of it and take the wrapping off. So we actually find out what is it that's inside. Not only that, but sometimes there's a box and you've got to take the box out. We're able to get the toy or to get whatever it is so we can utilize it, so we can enjoy it, so we can actually really take our expectation into a place of, uh, understanding and, and a sense of real joy around what it is that we've been given. And so the same is true about uh, when it comes to Jesus, he was the true sacrifice gift for us. And, you know, the, the understanding of the Christmas tree, the, the idea of, you know, the Christmas tree came from different, you know, uh, cultures or what have you, and some people say, oh, it was secular, or it was this, it was whatever, and we get all that. But, you know, be reminded today that, you know, when you look at the scriptures, that the prophecies of, of the Savior being... Um, Killed, being crucified, that he would be hung on a tree, and so uh, you know he really was uh, yes crucified on a cross. But in terms of that cross, it was made of uh, wood. It came from uh, a tree, and so a lot of scriptures refer to the Savior being hung and sacrificed and killed on a tree. And so we know this precious gift that's given to us that we should celebrate. 
Uh, it should be a sense of celebration and a hope in our heart, right? Uh, and that is that Jesus is the ultimate gift of our lives. And so what I want to do today is I really want to unwrap a particular angle or a particular part of the gift of Jesus to us at Christmas time. And I'm going to go into this scripture here, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And if we can read this one out all together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so there's a couple of different names they are given to the Savior in this particular scripture here. First of all, what I love is to look at the first part. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And so what I love about that, the government will be on his shoulders. What that means is, is that he will be raised to rule and reign. He has an inheritance. He also, when you rule and reign, you have authority over territory. Everyone say authority. Authority. You have authority. Now, the word authority really is about having a, you know, an understanding, knowing, being able to speak into a situation. Everyone turn to the person next to you and say, being able to speak into a situation. Being able to speak into a situation. When you have authority, right? When you go, if you have authority in a particular matter or a situation, right, you're able to give good, sound advice. You can be a trusted advisor. You can speak into a situation. You can speak with wisdom. You can speak with experience. You can speak with authority. And so here, in this very first part of Isaiah, it's talking about the prophesied or the prophesied Savior will uh, wear government on his shoulders. He will be a Savior of authority. He will be a place of all knowing. He's actually prophesying that he's going to be God, right? And it's interesting here that the second part goes into these different elements. So kind of the first part was talking about the authority that he's going to carry. We know this was true of Jesus because Jesus could literally point into any situation, speak the word, demons would come out of people, miracles would flow. He was able to use the word of God, use the scripture uh, to be able to combat the, uh, the schemes and the plans and the tactics of the enemy. Jesus, as he walked, yes, he was humble. Yes, there was a meekness and a gentleness about him, which is characteristics of God. But there was also measured with that and balanced with that authority. And the reason why I'm kind of laboring on this first bit is because it then speaks of different elements about who this Savior was. And it talks about he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. When you think about those different elements, a prince has authority to be able to mark out uh, peace. Everlasting father means forever, ongoing, has the victory over death, rules and reigns forevermore, eternity. You think about the theme of mighty God. Mighty God, meaning mighty, more than mediocre, more than just good, more than just great, mighty, powerful, the overcomer, the great victorious God. All of these uh, different descriptors talk about authority. But the first one is the one I want to hone in on today. Wonderful counselor. Not just counselor, but wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. That Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Now, why do we want to hone in on this? Because 
in life, when we walk, even as we follow Jesus, he said, not if, not when, but when the storms come. When the storms come. That I will be with you. Hold firm. And wonderful counsel means, if we look at the word wonderful, full of wonder. When I'm full of wonder, you're not full of wonder about something that's not effective. You're not full of wonder about something that's not fruitful. You're full of wonder when something is, whoa, that was good. Whoa, that went well. Whoa, that was fruitful. Whoa, that's a good result. So wonderful counselor is a counselor, someone who gives advice, someone who speaks into a situation into your life, into your situation, into your circumstance, who whispers in your ear, who brings direction, who brings counsel, who brings guidance, who brings answers, who brings strategies, who brings plans, who brings principles that are wonderful because they work, they're effective, they're fruitful. Jesus is an ultimate gift, and when we unwrap who Jesus is, and particularly this special time of Christmas, that the Word of God would say, the Word of God would encourage us to unwrap the identity, that part of the identity of our Savior is that He is a wonderful counselor. He's an effective, authoritative voice into our life who can speak into situations and guide us and help us within the storm. He's not just a kind of a counselor. He's not just sometimes a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor and he speaks with authority. But what we love about this particular part of the scripture and as we expand on this today, we're going to understand that he's not just a wonderful counselor because he's effective and because he speaks with authority. But watch this. Sometimes... I believe in our own humanity, even though we can have the faith to believe that the counsel from Jesus, the counsel from his word, the counsel from the Holy Spirit that was released as Jesus did the work of the cross and ascended so the Holy Spirit could be released, so the very work of Jesus, the wonderful counsel of Jesus could actually be activated and multiplied through the unity of Holy Spirit to be able to speak into our lives that the wonderfulness of his counsel is not just because he's effective, because he has authority, because he can speak into situations. It's not just because of that, but it's also because of another angle that I think sometimes when we miss it or we're not thinking a certain way, it makes it more difficult for us to unwrap this beautiful gift of Jesus towards us and we don't necessarily enjoy it at the level of consistency that we should. What is Pastor Brad talking about? You might be thinking. I'm starting to wonder myself. What are you going on about? Let me unpack it more for you. Let's have a look at this. Hebrews 2.18. It says here, read it with me. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Let's read it again. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This scripture here is talking about a particular angle to the wonderful counselor that Jesus is. We've already looked at the previous scripture in Isaiah to know that 
Authority is one of the reasons why Jesus is a wonderful counselor. So the advice that he gives is effective. He's got authority to speak in a situation. He's all-knowing. He's the mighty God. He created you in your mother's womb and knew everything about you before you were formed. He was before time. He's after time. He's got authority. Everyone say he's got authority. He's got authority. So we get that. But there's another reason why he's a wonderful counselor. Yes, his advice is effective, but sometimes do we position ourselves to take that advice? I think sometimes the answer is no. And I think the reason why sometimes the answer is no is because sometimes in the busyness of our life we can forget that Jesus, our wonderful counselor, is not just speaking into our life with authority that will be effective, but he's speaking from a position of empathy and understands exactly what you're going through. Amen. I want you to think about other human beings in your life that you know. You know they have authority in a situation. You know they might have some expertise. You know they may have some experience. But have you, because I'm going to put my hand up and say this is true for me, have you ever hesitated to go and get advice from that person? Hesitated to unwrap the advice from that person and bring it into your life? Maybe have you hesitated to even go up to that person and ask for advice, even though you know that their advice will probably be effective? Because on the other side of how you see them, you may be thinking, well, they wouldn't really get my situation. They don't really understand what I've walked through to be here, to now need that advice. See, sometimes, because we're talking about other human beings, sometimes we can see people, maybe in our network, our extended family, maybe even someone in church, someone at work, who we know probably would have great authority great knowledge, great understanding, great wisdom to be able to give us advice or counsel and speak into our situation. But sometimes we don't position ourselves to go and seek after it or grab a hold of it or to invite it in because we think, you know what? They don't really understand me. They don't have everything. Great, they might have advice, but that advice is going to come from a place of a different walk, a different experience. So who knows that a lack of, a sensing sometimes a lack of empathy in someone, or the perception of, they don't really get me, they're not like me, they're too different to me, they're walked in a whole different walk to me, yes, I might have some great advice, but I don't want to go and receive it, I don't want to grab a hold of it, I don't want to unpack it, because I don't feel like they get me. Might be hand if sometimes you've resisted or not even decided to get advice from someone, even though you might think it would be good advice because you don't feel they really get you. Come on, let's be honest. I have. And it's part of our humanity. Amen. And so I feel sometimes what's important about this word is maybe, just maybe, we sometimes don't go to God. We don't go to Jesus. We don't go to the Word. We don't go to the Almighty, all-knowing, everlasting God. Even though we know that there's truth in the Word. Come on now. We know that the principles of God are effective. We know that God knows all. He knows how we got into a situation. He knows the decisions we made. He knows the things outside of our control. He knows our destiny, our future. He prophesies the momentum uh, you know, before us. Even though we know that God is all-knowing, sometimes maybe we hesitate to really seek after counsel from our God or in His Word because we, again, misunderstand the fact that He actually knows exactly 
how you got there, and he can empathize with you. Why can he empathize with you? Because Jesus, even though he did not sin, he knew what it was to be tempted. He knew the understanding. This is why the Father sent the Son to walk on the earth, so that when he, when you, when you decided to say yes to Jesus, when you decided to build a relationship with Jesus, when you decided to say, you know what, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my wonderful counselor. That you wouldn't think that receiving advice from him would just come from his authority, but you would know that he's walked in your shoes. Amen. That he's not just God, but he's also man. And he has experienced the temptations of the flesh. He's experienced darting thoughts in his head. He's experienced dark kind of things or depression coming upon him. He hasn't faltered. He hasn't made the choice to sin. But he knows what it's like to be human. He knows how it's hard. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's sometimes frustrating. He understands. And so, who here has ever thought about this? Have you ever walked into a room before? Maybe you've got to go to an event. You're not really sure what to wear. The dress standard wasn't clear on the invite. Like, is it formal? Is it kind of formal? Is it cash? Like, what is it, right? And when you're in a room or when you rock up to an event, and immediately, because maybe of the way you're dressed and say how other people people are dressed, you don't feel really connected in the room. And when you don't feel really connected in the room or the space, you immediately don't feel like you want to be there. Right? You want to get out of there. You want to be in a room with people like you, who are dressed like you, or kind of talk like you, sound like you, because usually that's what we call our comfort, that place of comfort. Have you ever turned up to a banquet or an event, and you thought you were going maybe to a barbecue or something a bit more casual, and someone in the room there was wearing a suit, maybe wearing a tie, and you were just wearing jeans and a t-shirt, and you walk up and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I haven't got this right. You know that feeling? What's that feeling like? That feeling is like, I'm not in the right place. These people aren't like me. We actually dislike being in a room where we feel I shouldn't be here. I don't belong. I don't fit in. I can't connect. Jesus stepped into the narrative of our, of our human story. Jesus stepped into a world where he was Emmanuel, God with us. And what does that look like for you and I? Let's think about this for a moment. When we are connecting with God, to think about, I am not good enough or holy enough to be in the same room with the almighty, authoritative God. See, sometimes we can think that. Sometimes when we think about our God, when we think about Jesus, when we think about hanging out with Jesus, spending time with Jesus, sometimes connecting with Jesus, reaching out to Jesus, even sometimes coming to church and being spiritual and celebrating Jesus and worshipping Jesus. Who knows that it's important that we have to address sometimes this, this unhealthy thought that says, you know what, I can't connect. I can't connect with a holy God. I'm not holy. I'm not perfect. I'm not without blame. I can't connect with a holy God. Who knows that sometimes when we, sometimes when we process the word holy, we think snobby. Too good for me. Looking down on one's other self again. Well, you don't quite live up to my standards. 
Nee, nee, die leg ik weg, dat maakt ze aan de vrouw. Ik ben niet zo nog zoveel naar mij. Holy God, Almighty God. You can feel like you're not the right fit, you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough. Let's not dress for this Jesus walk occasion. And so I want to encourage you that when it comes to thinking about unwrapping Jesus, not just at Christmas time, but part of the gift of Jesus to us, our Savior, is that he's a wonderful counselor. But you will more consistently embrace the counsel of Jesus in your life to be a great shepherd, to seek after him, to not hesitate to knock on the door and say, God, speak into my life. God, I want to spend time with you. If you deal with sometimes the wrong little perception that can keep coming back into your mind that, you know what? You're actually not holy enough to spend time with the holy God. Now, he's a wonderful counselor because he actually does get us. He's walked in our very shoes. And so when you walk into God's presence, like God's dressed in robes and you are dressed in rags, you can't embrace the wonderful counselor because sometimes it's like, well, he doesn't get me. And so at Christmas time, at this time of the year, what we're talking about is a God who is radically different than sometimes our perception thinks. Everyone say radically. Radically. At Christmas, God declares, yes, I am God, but I will put on flesh and blood and move into the neighborhood and I can connect with your struggles because I've walked through them. Jesus went through the same things on purpose. It was deliberately part of the plan. So that you wouldn't feel a sense of separation or disconnection from the holy, almighty, authoritative God who wants to give you advice, who wants to guide you, who wants to be your shepherd. But when we get this and we go, you know what? God, you're all that, but also you understand me. You walked in my shoes. You know what it's like to be tempted. You know what it's like to have the struggles, to have the things on the inside of your private world feel like it's World War III. You get it. You get it, Jesus. You have empathy. You have understanding. And that's why you have grace. Because you look at me in my situation, and not only do you have a heartbeat to want to speak words of life into me and accounts to me, but you're doing it from a place of empathy, not from a place of snobbery. If I just close your eyes, Father, I pray, That today, Lord, let your anointing flow in this place and help us. Lord, wherever there needs to be a shift, a change, Lord, your anointing breaks the yoke. Father, I pray that the yoke of wrong perceptions of you would break today. Yes, Lord. I pray the yoke of mindsets or strongholds that would lock in a sense of that we're distant to you because you're too good for, for us. We're not good enough. That you're wearing the three-piece tux and we're wearing the rags. I thank you, Lord, that you wore the rags. In fact, the rags were torn off your body. That you suffered in all different ways, internally, mentally, 
You were even disconnected from the Father on the cross when sin came upon you. You were absolutely rejected. You know what it is, Jesus, to be rejected. You know what it is, Jesus, to be betrayed. You know what it is to have people lie to you, Jesus. You know what it is to feel alone, even when you're sitting at a table of people. God, you've walked through situations where your body is breaking. Lord, help us today. Pour in, God. Pour in, Holy Spirit. Strengthen. I'm hearing the Lord say that just even this morning, that hearts are becoming more tender towards him because we're embracing the fact that God's empathy towards us is so real and will always be real. Father, help us to have tender hearts towards you. Help us to not look at you as a three-piece suit guy, but Lord, you are a God who understands. You are the wonderful counselor, not just because your advice is fruitful, but because you speak for a place not looking down at us, but looking at us and going, I understand. I get your battles. I get your struggles. I understand your weakness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that we'd be able to unwrap this part of who you are because you're strengthening our mindset about who you are. Thank you, Lord. We're going to have a look at a couple more scriptures. I'm just going to ask the music team if you can come onto the stage and just prepare. Because I felt this morning we're going to finish with some worship. We're going to worship our wonderful counselor. And we're going to worship him this morning, not just because, again, like Chris mentioned when he was MC, not just because of what he does, but because of who he is. Amen. So we're going to finish with some worship, but before we do that, I want to look at two more scriptures. The next one is Hebrews 2.18. It says this, read it with me, will you? Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Isn't that a great scripture? It builds on Hebrews 2.18 that we saw before. Well, actually, it is the same scripture, sorry. But what I wanted to do is now link it to the next part, and that is this. Let's look now to Romans 8, Romans 8, 31 to 39. Can we go there, team? Thank you. More than conquerors. You may not be able to read this one because it's a big scripture, so I'm going to read it for you. But knowing that Jesus walked out his time on earth and part of his mission was to be man. Yes, he is God, but also to be man so that the reconciliation between God and man could be strong and permanent because he could relate to us from a position of empathy. And then from that place of empathy, he's saying that we are more than conquerors. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So when God is not just a God who wants to give us advice because he looks at us thinking, oh my goodness, what's wrong with you? Get it together. No. God looks at us and wants to give us advice. He wants to shepherd us. He wants to help us. He wants to speak words of life into us. He wants to be our wonderful counselor, not just because he has great advice, but looks at us as, what's the problem? Get it together. No, he goes, you know what? 
I understand what it's like to be broken. You know what? I understand what it's like to be failing. You know what? I understand what it's like to feel like your world is just not moving forward. You know what? I understand the pressures. I understand the frustrations. I understand the temptations. I understand sometimes life feels like you're sweating blood. I understand the atmospheres of darkness coming against you. I understand your struggle. I understand how you're feeling. I understand what's going on. I understand. And because I understand, I care about you. I care about you. I don't want you to be in that place permanently. And I've won the victory for you. Amen. I've destroyed the power of sin and death. I've destroyed the powers of darkness. And so I reach down to you. And I grab my hand with your hand and I pull you out of that place towards me and I embrace you and I hold you in my arms and I speak life into you. I speak wholeness into you. I speak encouragement into you. I speak strength into you. I speak advice, direction, guidance to say you are not alone and you'll never be alone. Because I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I wrap my arms around you and we are walking together. And we're walking out of that stress. And we're walking out of that struggle. And we're walking out of that frustration. And we're walking forward. And we're walking into victory. I am with you. My grace is around you. You will not fail. That's a wonderful counselor. A wonderful counselor. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give up all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Our counsellor. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? All of those Jesus understood. All of those. Every single one of them. Read them if you will. Every one of those in this scripture. Jesus himself experienced. I don't think there's any coincidence of what's in that scripture because God is trying to say I get you let's read that part again it says he who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine who knows that Jesus had to fast and was starving to the point of falling over who knows he was persecuted who knows that he experienced hardship Come on. He had things thrown at him. He was mocked on the donkey even though the week before he was absolutely glorified. And he came into that town and they were mocking him. And they were looking at him going, I can't wait to crucify you. I can't wait to kill you. The hardship, the turmoil that he would experience, the anxiety that he would have experienced, the trouble. When he was sweating, 
drips of blood. And none of the disciples positioned themselves to support him in prayer. They were too busy sleeping. And he's crying out to the Father saying, God, if this be your will, take this burden, take this assignment. It is so heavy. So if you've ever felt pressure, if you've ever felt stressed, if you've ever felt so anxious about what's going to happen, Jesus understands you. Amen. He is your wonderful counselor. He can only speak in words of life and discernment and encouragement and direction of that. That moment of stress that he gets. He understands it. This next part here. Or famine or nakedness. He was naked on that cross. This humiliation. Even in that particular that culture, the sense of shame. With spears being poked to the side of him. People laughing at him. Whether you felt naked because there's been a lack of provision, or naked because there's been a lack of answers, or naked because there's been a lack of support, or naked because you've been poor in spirit and you felt so downcast. Or naked because you felt like, you know what, my family's abandoned me. Or naked because of whatever situation, maybe you've experienced gossip and slander at work and you feel so isolated and naked and exposed. Whatever form of nakedness it is, Jesus understands. Or danger. His life was not only threatened, it was taken. He didn't know who he could trust. He was turning to the Father. The disciples all around him were faltering. Their character flaws were manifesting all around him. He didn't know who he could trust. One of his disciples betrayed him with a kiss on the cheek. The sense of danger, the sense of peril, the sense of who here actually is not going to stab me in the back. Or sword. He had a crown of thoughts rammed into his skull, had spears shoved into the side, had people throwing rocks at his head, rocks at his feet, rocks at his body. He was forced to grab a hold of that cross and drag it across the stony ground. His body was absolutely just breaking down. He was being whipped. He was being whipped even when he was down on the ground. Jesus understands. Jesus understands the imperfection of your humanity. He loves you. He is your wonderful counselor. And then it says, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. He's saying here it's tough. The walk can be tough. He gets it. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, no circumstance, no imperfection of your humanity, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, praise you, Lord. Let's stand this morning and worship with passion, with fresh adoration. Let's unwrap this gift. Our wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ.
Let's worship Jesus.
us, Lord. All-consuming fire. I thank you, Lord, that you are, we declare, that you are a wonderful counselor. I thank you, God, that you are enabling, Lord, freedom in our relationship with you to develop and to grow. I thank you, Father, that you are helping us, Lord, to break out of any form of hindrance or resistance or restriction about us unwrapping the goodness of you in our lives. I thank you, Jesus. We unwrap today the gifts of you being our wonderful counselor. Yes, Lord. We unwrap all your authority and your advice and your goodness and your grace towards us. We unwrap, God, the fact that you understand us. We unwrap the fact that you walk this walk with us. And we thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. You love us so much. You love us so much, God. You are the lover of our soul. The lover of our soul. The lover of our soul. You love close with uh, going ahead with the Blessings Project. Can I ask just a team member to just give me a giving envelope if we can? But if we can have a look up here. Thank you, Amy. The Blessings Project, your chance to give generously to Blessed Family in the community this Christmas. We're going to be taking up uh, this Christmas community uh, opportunity to give today and also we're going to be doing it next Sunday at Christmas Carol Service. So if we can have a look at these four instances. The first one Leroy, could you go to number one, please? Um, is the Alburo Al family. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, please forgive me in advance. The Alburo family. Now, this was a family situation nominated by the lovely Lilani. And uh, it's a mum who works two jobs. And the kids are not expecting any, any gifts this year because of their situation or anything special for Christmas lunch. And so it's a family of seven children. And so uh, this is an opportunity for us to give in to this family, to be able to provide a present per child that we can put under the Christmas tree, which would be an amazing blessing and surprise on Christmas morning for this family. And also, you know, the aim would be to create a Woolworths voucher as well so that they could have some yummy Christmas lunch to celebrate as a family. So this is the Alboro family, and who knows, we believe in prayer, but who knows that our prayer has to extend to practicality. Amen. And so I want to encourage you again, as you give the finances that we raise, we will be transparent. We do that with offerings. We'll let you know in total what we've raised over the two weeks um, and how we're going to distribute this. And we're going to have the individual person who knows this family to actually be the extension of Jesus and represent our church. We're going to take those gifts and that voucher to them just before Christmas to be a blessing to them, to be a light in that place. For them, and so this is the first uh, situation we would love to be a blessing to. If we could look at the next one, please. Number two is Lee Ann, who was the mother of three boys, Lee Ann and her boys. 
And this family uh, was nominated by uh, the wonderful Sulu, beautiful Sulu who knows them. So Leanne is a single mum. Now since she, she volunteers as a community connector, so she gets alongside uh, new mums in the community who need help. And so she's obviously someone who's a community worker herself, but she's going through a bit of uh, hardship, a tough time, her family and needs support to make Christmas special with her sons. Wonderful opportunity for us to be a blessing in this situation. And so the aim here practically is to provide three kids presents for this family and a Woolworths voucher for Christmas lunch. So that's Leanne and the boys. That's again a second family that your contribution would be giving into. The third situation that's been nominated is Joe Rickett um, and her family. And this situation and family was nominated by Matthew, Matthew Rodaway. And Joe's son, uh, Joe is someone that works uh, with Matthew's team in the workplace. And so Joe Rickett, her son, recently passed away in a tragic accident on the Pacific Highway. Um, and obviously her son had a partner, had children uh, that he has tragically left behind. Um, and obviously we want to reach out to this family in this place, moment of tragedy, and be a blessing this Christmas. And obviously for many clear reasons will be a very hard time for them to celebrate Christmas. And so practically we'd like to provide presents for the two children and again a Christmas gift hamper and some financial assistance uh, at this time with the funeral and all those types of expenses. So that's the third situation we'd like to be a blessing for. And the last one, number four, is we have a church family at Forever House in need. You will find out uh, who this is, but just for now, instead of you know showcasing it because they're part of our church, uh, we're just gonna call it a church family need. But our aim is to have photos of these amazing people and, uh, that when we actually give of the blessing, we take a photo of the family. Uh, so that we can show that to you on our upcoming Sunday to see the impact that we're actually having, to see where your finances, where your seed is going. And so we'd love our, whoever the church representative that's nominated, um, uh, the, the family situation will be giving the blessing and taking an organizer photo uh, with the family so that we can show again the impact that we're having as we give. But this is a family in need right now in front of the house. Uh, and they need financial assistance and Christmas gifts for the kids. And so this situation was nominated by beautiful Marcia, who's a member of our church family. So we have four situations, circumstances, families that we get to practically bless this Christmas. And the theme for the project blessing or the blessing project is it's personal. We have people in our house who personally know these people. And so as we extend that arm of blessing, uh, we can have that level of impact. So let's pray and ask the Lord what would be a seed that you would like to sow. Practically, uh, when you're giving, if you're giving electronically, if you could just put the bank details up as well, that we're using for tithe and offering messages. But if you're using an envelope today, just practically for our team, if you can make it clear, whether it's electronic or you're writing it here on the envelope, if you could please make it clear that it's the, the, the blessing project, right? Just just write blessing project, or if you're doing electronic transfer, write the word blessing, or you know, blessing pro. If you don't have enough letters, you can type in whatever the bank account that you use, right? They only let you use eight letters. Just something about the blessing project, we'll get it. And again, we're going to use all those funds to be able to provide uh, for these things, and we'll let you know what we're raising over the next two weeks, okay? Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. For this particular assignment that you've given this house, Lord, to be a blessing at Christmas time into the community. 
And I thank you, Lord, for the personal edge of this blessing project. Lord, there's four specific families going through different situations, but all, Lord, it would be great for us to bless them in those situations that we all know. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would just uh, encourage people, Lord, to sow whatever seed it is that you are prompting them to, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that seed, Lord, would multiply together and help us, Lord, to bring a provision to their situation, to be a blessing in this particular time at Christmas time. Thank you, Father. Lord, anoint and bless the people as they bless and give in to this love offering and this community outreach. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So be blessed as you give.